Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. One of my favorite parts of hosting this podcast is that I get to speak to some of the most inspiring, brilliant entrepreneurs in different industries all over the world, and I get to introduce them to you. Today, you're about to hear from one of these amazing entrepreneurs, CEO of Bomba Curls, Lulu Cordero, who recently became the first ever female-owned Afro-Dominican hair care brand to be sold at Target and Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. Oh, we're going to get to that in a second. She launched Bomba Curls two years ago, but it was a dream that she'd been working on for 10 years. And she sacrificed everything she had to create this brand. And you're going to hear about these details in the interview. But I want to introduce you specifically to her because so many of us have felt or are feeling exactly where she's been dreaming about something for over a decade, and then having the courage to pursue it. So we talk about her overcoming hardships to start her brand, like using doubts to actually fuel your business, and how Lulu is paving the way for other business owners to chase their dream. Y'all, she is a powerhouse. I cannot wait for you to hear all about her. So let's dive in. Lulu, congratulations and felicidades. Uh, your brand, Bomba Curls, became the first ever female-owned Afro-Dominican hair care to be sold at 348 Target stores. Okay. Uh, we have a lot. I love, I know. I was like, we need to have a moment for that. Like, I, I was reading about this and I was like, this queen is so impressive. So before we start speaking about your success, because... We are definitely going to talk about your success. I would love to talk about what it means to be a female founder, um, a female woman of color founder, somebody who has her product and Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's and Target and all the shiny, beautiful things that it is very well deserved. But on the podcast, your greatest value could be for us to talk about what it means to have an idea for a product, bring that product to the marketplace, and then successfully position it. So for us, talk to us about how you started the business. Like, where did it come from? Because then we can get into the logistics. Yeah, so Bomba Curls for me was born from two desires. First off, as a woman of color, curly girl and all that, um, a lot of the products that were marketed towards our communities are full of not so clean ingredients, right? And so for me, as someone who's been vegetarian since 2004 and lives this clean green lifestyle, so I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk, I live this life. Um, it was important for me to provide healthier and cleaner options to my community. And then also it was for, important for me to bring that representation that I felt was so, so necessary um, because growing up, I didn't see Black Latinas or Blackness for that matter um, represented in, in the beauty space. I didn't see it celebrated within the beauty space. And then, you know, I always say to be black and come from Latin America, it makes you like double invisible <laughs> um, because we're just not used to there. To this day, there are people that don't know that black people exist within Latin America. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was important to celebrate that, celebrate our sazon, celebrate culture, celebrate flavor, celebrate natural beauty, celebrate natural texture, celebrate melanin, because it was just so, so necessary. And I think that that's why Bomba Curls 
uh, received the level of warm welcome mm -hmm. that we received when we launched. It was like a, a breath of fresh air or like giving this cold glass of water <laughs> to a community that was so thirsty. Uh, okay, so I am thirsty for the goods, but just so that I could put a little bit of context, mm -hmm. when I received, so for people who are listening, we receive podcast pitches for guests every day and twice on Sunday. And a lot of times I'm looking for who's gonna drive the most value for listeners. How do we best represent diversity within our listeners? How do we see people of our own ilk out there on podcasting mics? And one of the things that really struck me about Lulu is that she's Dominicana. I, my mother is Puerto Rican, my father is Mexican. And so just to put contextual, it put context around the cultural considerations is that like when, when an Afro Latina is straightening her hair from curly hair, to straight hair, it's not just appearance and it's not just preference. The undercurrent is that it's a social status. When you're straightening your hair, that means you have money to go to the salon. You have money to do that. And so all of a sudden, it's not a beauty consideration as much as it is like a declaration that like you can afford it. But what is the subtext to that is when you're straightening your hair, you are putting chemicals on your hair. It's like your eyes water when they're putting the straightening hair. So it's just kind of like all of a sudden. So Lulu, you've been, so one of the things. Burns. As I'm going I suffer chemical yeah. burns. Okay. Chemicals. Girl, okay, so when we got your podcast pitch and I'm seeing a lot of these things and I'm like, oh, I understand this in a deep way. I also come to find out Lulu's a vegetarian and I've been a vegetarian since I was 11, okay? So we're talking about like clean lifestyles. So now we know the origin of Lulu and we understand why she saw a demand that she's like, there's a gap in the market. There's not representation. I want to create something clean. Okay, so Lulu, most people can see a gap in the market. Most people say like, I don't have what I need, so I'm going to create it. Now, take us back to that point. Like, where where do you begin? Like, do you have experience with this stuff? Like, are you building it in your basement? Like, what happens? Yeah, so I actually went through my own natural hair journey where I stopped chemically relaxing my hair. Um, you know, I, I decided, okay, if I'm going to go green and embrace a clean green lifestyle, then I'm going to go green. And I'm going to go natural. So I stopped relaxing my hair. Everyone in my family was freaking out. Like, what are you doing? You're never going to get a job. No one's going to hire you. No one's going to take you seriously. Rocking your, your natural texture. Who does that? And it was back in the stone age of the natural hair movement. Like this was 2004, 2005. So um, everyone was freaking out. And um, I went through that journey. Uh, stopped getting the relaxers. And I was left with this big head of curls that I had absolutely no clue what to do with. And I actually, out of frustration, would always just end up putting my hair back in super tight buns. And I ended up suffering from something called traction alopecia. So literally all my edges, say I had a receding hairline because, you know, it, that's how extensive the damage was. And um, throughout my journey, right, uh, I was actually supposed to be a pre-med student and I went back home from break. My dad saw me, saw the condition that my edges were in and was like, you already know island parents. Girl, what is going on with your hair? You're going bald. And I, he reached out and touched it. He reached out and touched my edges. <laughs> I died. Um, my mom saw my face. She saw like how freaked out I was. 
And uh, she's the one that actually suggested that I turn to those natural remedies that women use back home. Because for those of you listening that don't know, in the Dominican Republic, honey, we love hair. We are obsessed with hair, with hair care from the time you're growing up. You know, you're learning about like what what can you whip up? What ingredients can you use to like give yourself a hair mask to give you give you that moisture or promote growth or this and that? So, okay, I said, you know what? We've got skills. We know a little something something about hair. Let me take some of those ancestral remedies and mix it with my own knowledge. At the time, I was pre med. So I have this strong background in chemistry, which now, you know, has allowed me to create products that are award-winning and fabulous, but, (laughs) but I decided to take those essential remedies from back home and mix it with science and just create something super special. And that's how my first product was born. Okay. But where are you mixing them? In my dorm room. (laughs) No. In my dorm room. Yes. Uh, Literally. Any missing pipettes from the lab? <laughs> I, I may or may not know where they went. <laughs> so you're mixing in your dorm room. And then what? Are you trying it on your own hair first? Are you giving it to the other like girls? No. So I um, I was, you know, applying it on myself, tr- mix, just trying to perfect like what I, I literally challenged myself. Like if I could wave a magic wand and make something that is all natural, but also effective, what would that look like? So I took coffee seed extract. It has the caffeine and caffeine is a natural stimulant. I use the rosemary, which we use back home as well for hair, castor oil, all these things, but just getting, getting the the ratios, right. Getting it such that everything is sings beautifully and, um, trying it on myself. And I perfected the forbidden oil. I actually went home from break and my dad saw me and he was like, what did you do? You're not going, you're not balding anymore. <laughs> Those are his exact words. He's like, you aren't balding anymore. And um, that's how I knew I was on to something. People started noticing too, like, wow, Lulu, you know, I, I, I always tell people I have never had this much hair my whole life and I have the photographic evidence to back it up. Wow. Um, so people started to notice these changes in my hair and people started to ask me, hey, you know, I'll buy some off of you, make something for me, you know? And I had that aha moment, like, hmm, I think there might be something here. Okay, Lulu. Okay, 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 okay. So we're mixing in the dorm room. Mm -hmm. Your hair is growing. Your dad went from my, you know, my baby's bald to my baby's got hair. What are you doing? You're representing like Dominican culture and your chemistry Mm -hmm. and you're in your dorm room. And then you say, okay, I can start selling it. But how much did you charge? Uh, so at the time, well, this was custom blended, baby. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people are getting a bargain now. When they go to Bloomingdale's, they're getting a bargain. Uh, talk to me now, now, okay. But back then, what did what did that look like? So back then, to me, I was like, okay, I'll do it for ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll I'll do it for 10 bucks. And for me, it was just like, okay, you know, college student, hungry, starving college student. Uh, Okay, this was money for me to be able to like, you know, pay for whatever textbooks or go uh, to to dinner or something on a Saturday night. You know, it was it was spending money for me. And literally, I just saw like words starting to spread and people started to like, you know, ask. I actually set up a little Etsy shop to 
And that started to like grow, grow, grow. But and did you set up your Etsy shop when you're in college still? Yes. yes. Get out of here. Fun fact. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. The so hustle let, is real. The hustle. Yeah, your hustle. Shoot. Shoot. I wish I started in college. So all of a sudden, now let's just piece this back a little bit. You go from like, I'm just putting my beautiful concoction. And then all of a sudden when you get on Etsy, are you concerned with like, okay, packaging? What am I going to do? Like, how is it going to look? Like you have a whole logistical issue now how what did you do then where'd you get your bottles like what what'd you do yeah so literally i love to tell people that i am a proud graduate of google university that's right YouTube university. baby i got a phd i got i got an mba from google shoot okay yes. they, okay they come through they came through on the mainland literally i immersed myself in um just the world of packaging and branding like literally i know the difference between a boston round and a cylinder <laughs> bottle one of my favorite things to do too is to go to uh, the store and be like yeah that's that that's that this is that material <laughs> i love it <laughs> don't judge me don't judge me but um so yeah i immersed myself into this world i bought a book on color psychology and just teaching myself on, okay, well, what, what colors can we use? What can we design? I want it to, I want the customer to, when they see bomba, they feel bomba. Mm. And so I think too, folks like to tell me I have a little something called aesthetic intelligence. I will take it. I will take oh. the compliment. So that certainly helped um, in designing and branding. I had a shoestring budget. So literally, I was sketching stuff up. I taught myself how to use um, Adobe Illustrator, teaching myself all about like labeling. I did my own trademark. I did not have money for uh, an attorney. So I taught myself all of that. When did you get your trademark? In college or is this post-college now? No, this was post-college. So after college, actually, I went back home um, to help my dad with his business you know i being an immigrant i i I spoke the language i had the american education Mm -hmm. and i went back to help family and it was great though because my dad he's actually in the private security business which is super male dominated and i would oftentimes be the only you know the only woman walking into a room and it taught me how to command respect and it taught me how to not allow myself to be spoken to a kind of way and 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 it taught me how to not let anyone run game on me Mm. (laughs) which is which is great because in the world the beauty world so many people think when people think beauty they just think it's all sparkles and glitter and cute pictures and they don't understand that behind the scenes the beauty world is not all glitz and glamour it's dirty as manufacturing it's it's the packaging, it's mm-hmm. dealing with all kind of craziness. Those pretty pictures that we get to post on Instagram. Yeah, that's literally like the tippy, tippy tip mm. of the expert. That's it. Mm, okay. So y'all, Lulu is spilling the tea. Okay. So it's after college. You go back home. You're in uh, helping your dad's business in the private security space. You're probably one of the only women in a room. You're learning how to command respect. You're going to the University of Google. You're figuring out that you have design intelligence. Is that what you, or aesthetic intelligence? Come on, queen. I, no one has ever told me that about myself, but I'm going to start claiming it. I was like, y'all don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know I have aesthetic intelligence. 
intelligent. Shoot. See, I'm claiming stuff that I didn't even know existed 30 seconds ago. So we're at this space and you're like building out this side hustle. At what point do you realize I have a business? Like what happens? What are you doing? How much are you selling? Like when do you decide, okay, I want to go all in. I built up my little foundation of like, okay, loyal customers. And I actually stayed helping my dad for like nine or 10 years, helping him build his business. And in a lot of ways, sharpening up my teeth and preparing, 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 learning, you know, becoming the woman I was supposed to become. And finally, the process for starting Bomba began in 2018. We launched in 2019. But the process started in 2018. And I just said, you know, life is short. Hmm. And I have this dream. And, you know, when, when you have that voice, that dream that mm-hmm. keep, it keeps calling you, it keeps calling you, it keeps calling you, but you're too scared to listen. You know, that four-letter word, fear, like fear will always stop me. And finally, I just said, I have to let go. Let go, have faith. And I stepped out on faith. And I started the whole process. All right, I'm going to trademark. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, make sure that I secure and park my .com and my Instagram and this and that so no one else can take it. <laughs> and um, started with the design process for the brand. Just everything, labeling, packaging, every, every, the whole enchilada. And I was like, okay, I may, I may be launching as a small brand, but my vision for myself was always, I'm going to be big. So even upon launching, like we launched super just polished, put together, you know how some people were like, you had barcodes. I'm like, of course I had barcodes. I'm going to be in retail, honey. Yes. <laughs> so in 2018, you are building the runway to launch. And in this runway, you're focusing on packaging and branding and what some barcodes because you are mapping your vision. You were mapping your vision to what you needed to do today. So you were going to build the business today that you were going to have in the future. Yes. So you, you launch, but to who? Like, obviously you're loyal customers, but like you launch and then, then what happens? Yeah. So launch, um, we were super, super lucky. Our first month, the first few weeks out, we um, managed to get a printed in Essence magazine. Mm. And it was mm-hmm. um, during Essence's uh, hair, it was hair month and Tracy Ellis Ross was on the cover and right in those pages, Bomba Curls, our <gasps> forbidden oil, our flagship product got featured. And it, it, it was just like, you know, it kept going after that. Um, once again, like. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up. I know social media, but we, we had to stop there because like the story is the learning. You guys get an influx on the back of having a feature in essence, which yes and amen. But then what about the logistical pressure? Were you guys set up for it? Did you fall behind in production or you're just like, no, we had it. It was like work. So let me tell you. Tell me, tell me. Child, first of all, okay, yes, I set myself up. I'm like, okay, my, my motto around here is Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And that part. Okay. Yes. So we initially, you know, we did a, a relatively like small run for oil. I only launched with one product, the oil. And I wanted to prove to the world that Boma meant Good. something with just that one product. And um, we did that run. Um, initially, I was just 
fulfilling out of my apartment. Like, okay, yeah, we're, it'll be cute. Like, watch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll test the waters and see and this and that. And we, we stepped out hot. I, that's all I have to say. We stepped out hot. I always mm-hmm. say we execute with excellence. When we stepped out, people were like, oh, okay. Oh, I love this brand. They get me. They understand my my journey they understand my journey who i am as a mm-hmm. customer they see me mm-hmm. and the products are amazing okay so we ended up and we got the feature in essence and it was just boom i i was i had to get like recruit friends to help me okay guys we have to pack we, we really have to get going and uh we actually were doing fulfillment out of my apartment because we are a bootstrap startup Mm. We do not have any funding. So every still single to this day, still to this day. Heck yes, queen. That's, yes. that's how you do it. That's how shut up. I was going to ask. I'm like, where did the investment come in? Okay, hold on. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. You're having your friends and family in your apartment fulfill orders because you're executing with excellence. And then did you fall behind in orders? Did you have enough? Were you already putting another order in? Ciao. Okay. So it's going swimmingly. <laughs> and then COVID-19 struck. Mm. So we were we were doing well, selling, selling, selling. Did you introduce any other products during that time? Because you only had your one? In the beginning of 2020, in February 2020, we uh, dropped our second product, the Forbidden Hair Mask. Got it. People, people loved it. And then we were, you know, it was time to like, okay, we have to hit the manufacturing lines again. We have to manufacture more oil, manufacture more hair masks and so on. And COVID struck oh. and the supply chain issues yeah. were a mess. It was horrible. We, at one point, Bone by Curls had to go glass. As I say, our oils originally come in plastic packaging. And um, for anybody that like has ever had to do packaging with glass, it's a nightmare. Glass mm-hmm. breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, glass is heavier to transport and it costs more to transport and it, it all, all, all these things. So we had to go glass for our oil briefly, but Hey, we, we let our customers know we are upgrading your pet. <laughs> Stop. Yes. Okay. So we were, while we were waiting for like our packaging to come through, like we were, tr- we were it's pivot. And the thing is, as we we're small at the time, like. When you're small, you're able to be agile. Yes. And so we were, we're able, we were able to very quickly, like, okay, this is this is the movement, and then we gotta go with it. We have to mm. figure it out. And so we were just navigating like crazy throughout that um that whole process. And but also being very transparent with our customers. Transparency is key. Communicating with them, letting them know what we were going through, all the struggles, um, letting them know that we're working on it and, and we appreciate them for understanding and standing mm-hmm. with us and people for the most part were very patient and understanding mm-hmm. god bless the bomba squad as, as our customers are called they understood and they they kept supporting and placing orders and everyone got beautiful packaging mm-hmm. and very special like free gifts and everything that we included for everyone because it's also important to to treat your your customers king i'm gonna pause here so for other product-based business owners who are listening, the size of her business at the time empowered her. It wasn't a liability, it was an asset. 
So Lulu and her team were able to navigate by pivoting. And even though they were absorbing more costs, they were, uh, they were willing to do that betting that they would have repeat customers when, th- when the supply chain came back to itself. So she was communicative. She surprised and delighted her customers by adding something a little extra. And by and large, people were supportive of that journey. At what point, so you guys officially are launching in 2018. You're blessed with the essence. You have your second product in 2020. At what point do y'all get picked up by Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom? So Nordstrom reached out to us in the summer of 2020. It was like July, I want to say, July of 2020. And I thought somebody was playing a very cruel and mean trick on me (laughs) when I saw the email. (laughs) But then I saw, no, it really is from at Nordstrom.com. That, wow. Yeah, yeah. So they want, they they sent the email. The email came in like at nine o'clock at night. And I immediately responded right back. That's right. Clock at night. That's right. Opportunities knocking. Don't miss it. And we set up a meeting for like two days later. It was my first, first ever pitch meeting. Um, (laughs) I I, (laughs) is this on Zoom? Because I had no clue what I pardon. Are you doing it on Zoom? This pitch so meeting? this was via Zoom. It was okay. via Zoom. Okay. And I had no clue what I was stepping into. But gosh darn it. I, <laughs> I, had, I had faith and I knew my brand and I knew That's my right. baby. I knew what we were all about. And um, got in there, presented to Nordstrom. Just presented to them what we stand for, what makes the brand unique. Let them know, you know, about our product launch, everything. And, and then to our process when it comes to customers and delighting our customers and treating them like our customers king. And I actually did let them know that our customer service is actually inspired by theirs. That's mm. fact. That, that, like, that's yeah. true. I did model Bomas customer service after Nordstrom because they're, they've been known, they set the standard when it comes to customer service, you know? Yes. And at the end of that meeting, um, they were like, you know what? You got it. You got it. You're in. You're in. We, you know, we, we're excited to bring you on. And I I try to keep it together. Thank you so much. I closed the <laughs> laptop and I, I fell to the floor like I had to catch my breath because I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't breathe. I couldn't believe it. You know, and, and then we launched with them in the fall. Um shortly thereafter in 2021. We ended up getting a call from Bloomingdale's launch of Bloomingdale's summer of 2021 and then with Macy's fall of 2021 and then Target January of 2022. Good Lord, woman. Good Lord. And you are entirely bootstrapped. Yeah. My goodness. So when you look back at everything that brought you to this moment and you look back at like you're just getting started, you're just getting started. What would you tell your former self when you are building that launch runway in 2018 and right before you launch in 2019, if you can go back, what would you, what would you say to that version of Lulu? Told you so. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am thinking you'd be like all emotional and deep and evocative. You're like, girl told you good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've made a lot of mistakes as any entrepreneur makes on the journey because you learn by falling flat on your face and like, okay, well, that's not going to, ha- that dog won't bite me twice. That's what I always say. That dog won't bite me twice. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was really neat that 
And I think too, looking back on it really smart that we um, started off lean, mean, Mm -hmm. and started off with just that one product, listen to our customers, give them exactly what they want. Um, And we're just as like as resourceful and creative as as we were as a team, you know, um, there, there were a lot of sleepless nights and tears. I remember the night before uh, shipping out everything for Nordstrom's opening order. I was crying. I was in shambles, um, crying because like for some of the some of our our jars for the deep conditioner, they'd come in damage, so they weren't they weren't usable. And so we were there like we lost all these jars and packaging and mm. supply chain issues were going to do. And I was just crying, like, they're never going to order from us again. This is terrible. And we knocked it out the park with Nordstrom. And even we were like, wow, we, we weren't anticipating just how strong of a response um, mm. we were going to be getting from our customers. So <clears throat> back in 2018, like, how are you funding your business when you said we we're starting lean? And like this is like this is a little bit of achievement because I read that you sold your car, uh, nice purses, you had designer clothes. Like you're selling stuff to fund the business, but really, like how how did you get the business going? So yeah, I had some savings, and then um, used that to like fund our first run of oil. But then, of course, the beauty business business of beauty. Mm. is a very capital intensive business yes it is and so it's like i i quickly learned like okay well yeah we're selling we're selling but i i also have these expenses coming in you know what i get rid of the car get rid of the car i'm getting rid of this car that's more money that i have available now to invest in my business those cute little pretty purses that we ladies like (laughs) (laughs) get rid of it get rid of you know what i'm gonna earn it all back i'm gonna get it all back and so um, that's like, that's just commitment. It's just commitment to that, that vision, mm-hmm. that vision, my goodness. Like I will close my eyes and just, just remind myself of why I started. And I still do that to this day because every day is, it's still crazy. It's still full mm-hmm. of challenges. And I just keep reminding myself of why I started and where I see us, you know, a few years from now. Mm, I'm going to read something you wrote on Instagram. We're changing the game and showing little boys and girls across the world that we can build our own tables. I hope to continue to break down barriers so that more and more of us can come through the door. It's about breaking cycles. It's about uplifting our communities. It's about showing the world that curls, kinks, and melanin are bomba. So if you can talk and tell other people who are in your situation or something similar, like business owners who have experienced hardships, pushbacks, or people of color who are trying to get into the physical product, the business of beauty, like what would you, what would you tell them? Push, Hmm. push, push through, push through. You got it. I always like the vision that's been put in you. I started in this with no connections, no funding, knew nada about the business of beauty. Um, But that dream was in me, that vision is in me. And if the universe, God puts that vision in you, then just trust in that you already have, you come fully equipped with everything that it takes to bring that vision to life. So just push, Mm. keep going. Mm. Everything that you need is inside of you. And Lulu, you showed us. And so I'm going to end this conversation with 
I told you, and I'm going to end it with continue to push. Lulu, thank you for being a beacon. Thank you for showing us what it takes. Thank you for being proof that on the back of working nine or 10 years in a job where you are considerably the most unrepresented person in the room, thank you for validating the idea that everything that you need is on the World Wide Web. Thank you for showing us what trademarks can do and what barcodes can do, for pivoting can do, for bootstrapping can do. Thank you for showing us that you could take what our ancestors have used and present it to a much larger demographic and show the beauty of what it means to be Dominicana and a businesswoman and strength and fortitude. Where can people go? I mean, now we all know we can go to Target, we can go to Bloomingdale's, we can go to Nordstrom, we can go to Macy's, we can find Bomba Curls in those aisles. And if they don't have it at your store, be sure to request it. But as far as connecting with Bomba Curls and with you, where can people go? Yes. So <clears throat> you can always hit me up at... <laughs> That's right. Lulu.ceo.bomba on Instagram. Also follow us on at Bomba Curls on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're also available on, at YouTube. Follow our YouTube page. We, we've got Curl Education. Okay. Yes, Curl Education. So we'll make it easy for you to embrace your natural hair. Do you guys do direct to consumer? Yes, bombacurls.com. Let's do that, uh, queen. Let's, let's do that. Let's do bombacurls.com. We know you can go to Nordy's, and we know you can go to Bloomies, and we know you can go to Target, but go to bombacurls.com because we want to support the small business owner directly. Okay, Lulu, thank you a thousand times over. We appreciate you, and I look forward to having you come back in the future and talk about all the future successes you're going to have. Thank you. Hi, thank you, Jasmine. Gracias. Gracias, mi amiga. Wasn't Lulu incredibly inspiring? I loved getting to know her and I hope you did too. If you enjoyed this episode of the Jasmine Star Show, please leave a review on iTunes. Special thanks to recent reviewer, Caitlin Simply Stylish. She wrote, I've been listening to Jasmine for a couple of years now and I love the way she keeps her followers motivated. Running a business and lifting it off the ground is not easy, but I love the tips she provides along the way. Well, Caitlin, thank you. And to anybody else who leaves podcast reviews, we read them. We see them, we appreciate them, and we use them as our fuel to keep going. So thank y'all. If you would like to leave a podcast review as a little love note out on the interwebs and in our earbuds to be read in the future, I'd love for you to do that. Thanks, friends. Have a great day. <laughs>